Hey, everybody. It's uh, Jay Gibson alongside Kevin, Jonathan, and our guest for the show, uh, the great Michael Biamonte. Before we get going for episode 29, we have something super cool to share with you all, courtesy of FIU Football and FIU Athletics. It is the brand new trailer for their uh, brand new Vice uniforms that they'll be rocking against UTEP uh, later on in the football season. So without further ado, let's check it out. Everybody, uh, let's just get right into it. Mr. Biamonte, could you do the honors? And now, stand up and make some noise for Jake, Kevin, and Johnny, and the Pause Up Podcast. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> that 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 has to be the highest point of the Pause Up podcast ever. Oh my god! So, uh, yeah, this is episode twenty nine of the podcast featuring uh, the voice of the Miami Heat and a uh, FIU alum, uh, Mr. Michael Biamonte. How are you doing, Michael? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and I got to tell you guys, thank you so much for the invitation to be on the podcast. And what a way to get it started with that incredible video oh that I'm sure goodness. is going to get every FIU fan so excited for the upcoming season and mm -hmm. especially to see what that night is going to look like on October uh, the 11th uh, when we play UTEP wearing those uh, Vice uniforms. That uh, Obviously, I know a little bit about teams that wear the Vice uniforms, and so here <laughs> in South Florida – that really is something that's very, very catchy, very magnetic, uh, means a lot to this city. And so I'm excited to be a part of that with FIU. More importantly, I'm excited to be a part with you guys to talk <laughs> about FIU. Oh, we're again, we're so happy you're here, Michael. And again, uh, a big thank you to FIU Football and FIU Athletics for uh, letting us uh, play that video for you guys. And uh, yeah, uh, Vice definitely runs through Miami. Um it, it was it was uh, the Heat who pretty much began the the Vice craze when it comes to the Vice themes and colors in in uniforms in in sports, and then 
after that, of course, you've, you've had teams like the Marlins sort of adopt a vice-similar design for their current look, and, of course, Inter-Miami rocking, rocking the pinks. But, uh, yeah, Michael, thanks again for being on the show. And, you know, it, it, it's always cool to have, a, to have a guest from all aspects of FIU. We've had players and coaches. We've had media personalities and, and alike. But uh, now we have the, the public address announcer, for the Miami Heat, of course, one of the most, in my opinion, prestigious sports organizations there are in all of in all of North American sports and even globally. So, Michael, let's talk a bit about um, uh, your time even before FIU. Uh, I, I, I want to know when in your life did you first feel that you know with with, with the golden pipes and 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 the resounding booming voice that your destiny for the future was to be uh, a public address announcer. Well, that, that goes back a long way. I, um, I found out probably in my middle school days, somewhere sixth, seventh, eighth grade, that I was able to be louder than everybody else. Now, by, by saying that, I mean, my voice was just naturally louder than ever, not screaming, not hurting your voice, not, you know, being anything outrageous, but just, I had more of a projectable booming voice than anybody else in any of my classes. So it was at that age that I kind of realized, Hey, I've got, I've got something here with my voice. That's a little different from the, the normal average everyday classmate of mine. Hmm. And then, um, as I was growing up, uh, living in South Florida, uh, back then there was no basketball locally here at all. Uh, there was no professional basketball. There was no uh, college basketball. So we would just watch professional basketball on television every weekend. We'd get a game on television every weekend. And here in, in Miami, for some reason, we would get, which I guess made sense, the best teams that played on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so I um, I watched a lot of Philadelphia 76er games. And with that, started kind of being attracted to this big booming voice I heard while I was watching the game on television. And it wasn't the play-by-play -play guy or it wasn't the analyst. It was a background voice that I heard. And that voice would say something and the crowd would respond to it. And so I was always drawn to, well, who is that guy? And why is everybody responding to what he's saying? And I, I would continue to watch these games and listen. And I would learn later on that that man's name uh, was Dave Zinkoff. And he was the PA announcer of the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's kind of where I first got drawn into wanting to do something like that was just watching games on television and listening to this guy in the background kind of control that big arena where Dr. J and Daryl Dawkins and, and all of these players were playing back in the, uh, in the late seventies and early eighties. Hmm. Wow, uh, that's a very that's a very I I am still smiling from the uh, the the intro you did, Michael. That was so unbelievably cool. But um, 
my, my, my follow-up to that, it's it's sort of a follow-up. So so you decided you wanted to, to be a public address announcer. That that's great, but when it comes to what sport you wanted to pursue regarding announcing, what made basketball the uh, the top choice for you? Was it just a preference? A preference you love the game? It was the, maybe the 76ers, or was there a bit more to it than just that? So I guess having been drawn to it by Dave and professional basketball, that's kind of what was the allure that I, mm-hmm. it was always to me. I really never did think of another sport. Like, for example, when watching other sports, I never really listened. And I guess you really, it's a little difficult to hear some of the PA guys in other sports. Um, but I just never really was drawn to other sports like I was in basketball. And so it was always something I wanted to do. But let's face it, there's plenty of things we all want to do. When do you get the opportunity to do that? That's that's the big deal. And so uh, my first opportunity was when I was in high school and I went to high school locally here in Miami. I went to a small independent school and I said, why don't I give a shot at announcing the boys basketball team? Mm. And so that's kind of where I really got started was in my junior and senior year of high school. I became the PA announcer for my high school basketball team. And really started learning the trade and putting into practice all of the things I heard Dave Zinkoff do and say and the way he did his job. I tried to emulate that. And it started in high school. And then ultimately where it really got big is when I became a student at FIU. Mm. And I became the PA voice of the men's basketball team at FIU uh, the first time the school ever had a basketball program. Yeah. Michael, I do want to ask you, um, I believe you called both football and basketball games back at Gulliver Prep. Just considering the pace and action of both sports, and obviously they're completely different, how does that translate into announcing the action? Just how different is that for you? So I, I would have to say, and I've talked to a lot of PA guys about this, I think there's pretty good consensus. The PA announcer's job in the game of basketball is the one that is used the most. Mm. You are announcing more things that are happening in a game of basketball than any other sport. Um, And so that pace, that fast pace, that back and forth, that ability to influence the crowd and help the crowd get excited and support the team I think that's what I noticed was the biggest difference in basketball versus any other sport. Um, You can compare it to a lot of other things. You know, um, I'm, I'm friends with Andrew Ember, who is the voice of the Florida Panthers. Mm -hmm. And you, you listen to when Andrew comes on, it's much different than when you would hear me uh, watching, let's just say at home, watching a heat broadcast, you're going to hear me constantly. Andrew comes in, when you've got penalties, when you've got goals that have been scored, um, it's totally different. And even in football, um, short of a 80-yard touchdown pass by your team, you know, a lot of it is a six-yard run is, you, you know, you're announcing that. Or an eight-yard pass, you're announcing that. First downs can be exciting. But 
for whatever reason, the game of basketball just lends itself to constant excitement and enthusiasm, which I absolutely love. And I want to know a little bit more, um, you know, before we get into, you know, your career, I want to know what is some advice you would give to someone that has a big booming voice like you and wants to get, you know, get big in the world of, you know, public address announcing? You know, Johnny, that's a great question. One I get asked a lot. And my answer today is going to be a lot different than my answer when I first started many, many, many years ago. When I first started, nobody wanted to be the PA announcer. Hmm. Nobody wanted the job. So it was it was easier to get PA jobs because they weren't attractive. Now we fast forward to today, they are as competitive as any other job in broadcasting. So my, my biggest suggestion to up and coming and aspiring PA announcers is start to build your resume by proving you can handle an open mic and be trusted by the organization that gives that open mic to you. Because remember, you control what comes out of that microphone. Mm -hmm. And then build your resume by showing you can handle big events. What do I mean by that? Tournament games, championship games, state finals games, games that have big stakes that really matter. That's where you want to build your resume. The bigger the game, the more important that is on your resume. And for example, the biggest games that we have in the NBA are the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have announced six NBA Finals. That is the ultimate in where we are in my, in my industry. Getting yourself to that point, you want to do what's the equivalent of NBA Finals in whatever level you're announcing. And then you step it up. You show you can handle the best games in high school, then you consider a D1 or a D2 move. And then you consider perhaps a secondary pro sport. For example, in our world, it might be a G League team. I wound up getting my spot with the Heat because I was originally brought on as the backup. And so the, it's, it's always a, a kind of a stairwell to step up. But you've got to prove that you can handle the big-time stress of big games and you can be trusted with an open microphone. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I did a little bit of PA announcing in, in high school for the, for the baseball team. Was it stressful? Oh, yeah, a little. But there, there was no doubt in my mind it was fun. It was so much fun. And when, when the team was winning, oh, it was a blast. Uh, when the team was losing badly – it kind of happened a lot in high school, at least for me. I wish I was somewhere else. But <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, um, it, it's a fun job. Uh, and uh, if, if you if you want to pursue it, yeah, there's so many social media platforms now to do that on that I've seen. I've seen plenty of live streams of people like on, on Instagram and on TikTok just put the phone near their mic at, at, at a game, regardless of its high school, collegiate, professional and and just do it and and it's and it's super cool um so and, and and one of the parts about the being the pa announcer especially for you michael having those iconic quotes that people remember you by so 
you have a lot that you use in Miami Heat games. So I I'd I'd love to know when you when you initially both thought of and then implemented these quotes in actual games, starting off with two minutes dose. Minuto. Yeah, nice job, Kevin and Johnny. An amazing crowd we have here today. <laughs> so there's been a lot of iconic phrases that uh, that Heat fans have come to know that I use, um, probably because I've been the PA guy there for so long. Um, interestingly, some of them came with me from FIU. Hmm. There were a couple of uh, phrases that I that I used at FIU that I brought with me uh, to the NBA, and it just worked. Uh, one of them was the three ball. Three! Mm. The other one was the visitor call for traveling. Too many steps. So those came with me and have worked out great. Stand up and make some noise, and dos minutos were actually inventions while I was with the heat. Um, speaking specifically, Jake, since you brought it up about Dos Minutos, uh, how did that come to, to be? Where did Dos Minutos come from? What is the origin of that? Uh, I was in a production meeting with a, a bunch of people uh, at the heat organization one day, and we were talking about the makeup of the heat season ticket holder. And so our season ticket department came in and they said, look, we've looked at the demographics. The makeup of our season ticket holders is identical to the makeup of South Florida, Dade County, where at that point it was not quite 50-50, but it was close enough to 50-50 Hispanic and non-Hispanic. And so the, the question came up, is there something that we can do to kind of not, you know, give a nod, tip of the cap to the fact that, hey, this is who we are. We're made up of a group of uh, a melting pot community. Can we put some Spanish into our game to recognize that that's, we, we embrace that? Mm-hmm. And everybody turned and looked at me in this meeting. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, well, what do you think? you have any suggestions, any ideas? And so I thought about it for a minute and I was like, well, we have to keep in mind that yes, half of our audience is of Hispanic background, but half is not. So I don't think we want to do anything that would be too much to where half of your audience, half of your fan base would kind of be I don't even know what's what what is he saying? What is he talking about? So I said it has to do with numbers. I said the game of basketball is all about numbers. Mm-hmm. I said, and the numbers in the game of basketball are pretty simple. You've got baskets worth a point, baskets worth two points, baskets worth three points. I said, that makes a lot of sense to me because whether you speak Spanish or not, you know that uno dos tres is one, two, three. So then I started thinking about, well, how can we make that work? You know, you got three pointers. Do you want to say three pointers in Spanish? And I started thinking about it some more. I finally settled on the fact that by NBA rules, I'm required to announce when there's two minutes left in every quarter. 
And the reason for that is the rules change in the NBA in the last two minutes of every quarter. So that announcement is really more towards the teams and the officials so they know we're in this two-minute period and we're under the two-minute rules area. So I said, well, you know what? What do you guys think if I say two minutes and then I repeat it in Spanish? Because two, everybody knows two is dos, minutes in English, minutos in Spanish. It's basically the same word. So it would sound like two minutes, dos minutos. And my game ops director at the time said, that's a great idea, but we're going to do it one better. Like, okay, great. He said, you're going to say two minutes and you're going to say dos. And all of the fans are going to yell out minutos. I said, well, that that sounds great. But how do we get 19,000 people to know to say minutos and when to say minutos? He said, you just leave that to me. So for an entire season, we got our hype squad to carry around giant signs that said minutos on them. And they would go to different sections of the arena every night. And they would warn the fans, Michael B is going to say dos, we're going to lift up the signs and you're going to say minutos. And so we did that for a whole year and we conditioned and taught the fans to reply minutos. Well, that in itself was a success, but what we never expected was how in the community dos minutos is used everywhere. I mean, you could go anywhere in South Florida and somebody yells dos and other than Kevin and Johnny tonight, somebody's going to say minutos. So that that was unexpected in how that's become iconic uh, in South Florida. But it it does happen. I hear from moms and dads who say they use that with their kids every single night. Hey, you've got two minutes. Dos! And then the kids yell, me no dos until bedtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all kinds of different things that they use it for. I think that's fantastic. And so yeah. I appreciate you letting me tell that story. It's uh, It's really been something special for the heat no doubt about it yeah i mean i know for me personally you know you talk about the big booming voice i think that the first memories i have like during the big three as an eight-year-old is, is your voice and i think i think about is the seven nation army going your voice doing the and now that that's the one for me and like you're the first person that i can you know you know say that like i i, I can remember that voice and you know now in 20 you know 21 year old and you know grateful enough you're doing fiu it's kind of come full mm-hmm. circle a little bit yeah. That's the thank you for saying that. That's nice yeah. of you to say, Johnny. I mean, it's been a great relationship with the Heat. We, um, the fans have been so wonderful to me, embracing me. We have so much fun together. Uh, I, I tried some different things with them and, and they catch on and they, they're great. Uh, it's, it's just been a, a great relationship. And, uh, the organization is, uh, I know Jake, you mentioned it at the top of the, of the show. Um, uh, it's one of the finest you'll find anywhere, anywhere in the world. Oh yeah, no doubt. It is, uh, the work, the work that they've done, uh, back to the community along with the fact that they, that they've just dropped three championships, um, in the span of 
30, about 35 years is, uh, yep. it, it's, it, no, it, it's lights out. It's lights out. It's lights out. Lights out! Lights out! I, I always have to see these coming from you, Jake. Yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have the one time a show requirement. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Alrighty, Michael. I do want to ask you about FIU. Of course, you had the announcer experience in high school, but what was the process like for you getting hired by FIU as a student, and how important was your work? Uh, you know, your past work. How did that help you land the gig at FIU? So, Kevin, I appreciate that question. So, I had uh, just come off of announcing a season or two in high school, and I was applying to college, and obviously, FIU was one of the colleges I applied to, and on. On that application, it asked what you uh, any accomplishments you had in high school that you were most proud of. And at the time, we were the only school of our size. It was a very small school, 2A, um, uh, that had an announcer announcing the basketball program. And so for me, I was proud. I, I was the one who started that. So I put that on my college application to FIU that I started the PA announcing program for the boys basketball team. Uh, we were the only school in Dade County doing it. And so that was on my, my college application. So I started FIU. I, I enroll. And out of the blue, I get a phone call at home one day from the sports information director at FIU who says to me, Michael, your college application was passed on to me by the admissions department because you mentioned that you were a PA announcer in high school. This is our first year of having a men's basketball program. And so we need to fill all of these jobs that you need to run a basketball program. And he said, would you be interested in auditioning as the PA announcer for the FIU men's basketball team? I said, I'd love to. I'd be happy to do that. So I uh, I went. At the time, uh, there was no on-campus arena. Right. So we were playing at various locations, any place we could find that had an open gym. That particular season, we played a lot of games in a, uh, in a high school in Sweetwater. And so I went to the high school, and I announced the game. And the next day, I got a call and was offered the job as the PA guy for the FIU men's basketball team. And so I announced the I announced the team my whole entire college career, and even following my graduation, I stayed with the program for another five years. Wow. Um, and and didn't leave until I eventually was fortunate enough to get the gig with the Heat which caused so many conflicts that I met with the university. And I said, you know, I just don't know that I can do both. And I don't know that it's fair to the university that out of 14 or 15 games, I do four. And so um, that's when the decision, we, we mutually agreed that, yep, they'd go in a different direction, bring somebody else in and I'd leave FIU and, and focus on the heat. But that's how I got the FIU job. And, and I had it for the better part of 10 or 11 years. 
Can you talk a little about the state of FIU basketball? I know there wasn't an arena yet, and I, I was hearing that you played in a in a in the L, James and Knight Center, which is it's it's a concert hall. So talk a little bit about that uh, during the, those times. That you know that experience, Johnny was couldn't have been better for me uh, because I went and, and announced in so many different venues. The strangest one being the James L Knight Center. As you mentioned, the James L. Knight Center is basically a concert hall or a theater hall. And by that, I mean all seating on one side. And then you had a stage where the performers would perform. In our case, instead of the stage, you had a basketball court. (laughs) So you had everybody sitting in these really comfy, plush seats the home fans, the visiting fans, all sitting together watching a basketball game all in front of them um, in a really unusual, unusual landscape for basketball. I, I just, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, it was the most unusual thing I've ever done. Now, doing gigs like that was very beneficial to me because the people at the James L. Knight Center got to know me fairly well. And so that lended itself to probably one of the most famous gigs I've ever had that not a lot of people even know about. I got a call one day from the manager of the James L. Knight Center saying, um, I have a gig that I think you'd be great for. I've got a uh, an organization that's looking for a ring announcer. And I said to him, I said, well, that's great, but I've never done boxing before. He said, oh, no, no, no. It's not boxing. It's the World Wrestling Federation. And so I was hired by Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation. Now, you would know it now as WWE. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is is going way back into the mid-'80s where it was the World Wrestling Federation. And I spent two years in Miami and uh, West Palm Beach as the ring announcer for Vince McMahon, uh, working with greats like uh, uh, George the Animal Steel, uh, the Iron Sheik, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, uh, just um, amazing names, legends everywhere, uh, in the ring with them. Uh, and so that was, and the only way I would have gotten that job was because of FIU and the fact that we were basically gypsies. We were going and playing games anywhere we could find a spot. So that, you know, you always, and I, you know, again, going back to some of the things you asked me about the young up and comers, I always tell them every gig you do, your next hire might be sitting in the stand somewhere. So you never know. And that's, you know, that, that happened. I can, you know, I can speak to experience and, those were two great years working for Mr. McMahon. It was phenomenal. Mike, you've had quite a bit of nicknames, you know, throughout your announcing career, but I think the most iconic one is obviously the voice. And I believe that one started at FIU, but, you know, just kind of take us through who made, you know, who kind of created the nickname and just the origin story, I guess, of the nickname, the voice. So Kevin, you're right. It did start at FIU. Um, I, I'm fairly sure it started with a coach it may have been rich walker uh the uh the first coach that fiu ever had a basketball coach 
Um, and I think it was Coach Walker who never referred to me as Michael. He always, when he saw me, he always called me the voice. And so um, this is, I think that's that's where I know it started at FIU. I'm pretty sure it was with Coach Walker, and it's stuck ever since. It's even part of, uh, as you see, you know, my social media handle. It's uh, something that I'll I'll take with me forever. That's just that's my moniker. Mm. Okay, uh, so you you called quite a bit of F of FIU basketball. Uh, how many times have you looked, or I guess it makes more sense, listened? back at your work at uh, with FIU and said, oh, I really liked how I called that game, or, oh, geez, why did I have to say that? How, how many times has that happened, uh, Michael? So, Jake, I'm going to have to date myself here. The ability to go back and watch games back when I was a an announcer for FIU is not like it is today. There is no uh, repository where you can go back and look at video for a couple of reasons. Number one, FIU was a very small school. We didn't even have our games broadcast on uh, on television. Obviously, the internet didn't exist. We're talking about a period from 1981 to 1992. And so there really is, games were broadcast on the radio. Um, and so that was it. There is I, I can't imagine that there's any place where I can go back and listen uh, to what I sounded like back mm. then, like you can today. There's a video record of everything today. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know that that's available, and I'm probably happy about that because I'm sure uh, back in my early days, I would be it would be kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then... Then memory-wise, just uh, off the top of your head, uh, is there a specific game during your time at FIU that you were the most proud of, of being a part of, of, of being in the arena when that game happened? Absolutely. Without question, it was the one game where we hosted Georgetown University. Mm. Uh, probably in those 12 years, 11 years, biggest school to ever come into Miami. Um, John Thompson is the head coach at Georgetown at the time. Uh, the place was packed. I mean, top to bottom, packed with fans. And being able to announce a game of that magnitude against that team was probably the one that sticks out to me over my entire career uh, at FIU, only because of the magnitude of it, how big it was. And 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 kind of the kind of the people that were a part of it, uh, you know, you'd see Georgetown, where eventually uh, Alonzo Mourning went to school there, mm. um, and so that was certainly long before Zoe was there. But uh, still, it was it was really a game that I remember. Mm. And I know that you've called thousands of games, college basketball. What are some differences within, you know, calling PA for college basketball and an NBA game um, that, that you've seen? That's a great question, Johnny. And I can I can really sum it up in one answer, one quick word, and that is speed. The speed of the NBA game is incomparable to the college game. That when I made the transition from FIU to the Miami Heat, 
that was where I was really had to catch up because the game moves so much faster. The ball moves so much faster that you don't have the luxury of your team making a basket and you can just take your time and do whatever it is because you know the other team is just going to bounce, 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 bounce to bring it across the timeline. In the NBA, it's make a basket. It's one pass and they're already at the free throw line down the other side of the court. So the speed of the game and and not just the movement of the ball, Johnny, but everything that happens. The referee signals are faster. Everything that I have to do is just, it's incredibly faster. And so that was the one thing that I learned was, whoa, 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 we're not in Kansas anymore. I mean, you know, this isn't the old school. This is this is new now. And then in my career, as I as the Heat would then progress and get into the playoffs, that would be another lesson that I would learn because the NBA game in and of itself is fast, but the playoffs are even faster. Mm. So those are kind of levels that I had to learn and understand and figure out to where, my goodness, this thing is moving at a pace that I almost can't keep up with. And so then you have to train yourself and learn and understand, you know, what's going to happen. You just have to expect it a little bit quicker. Mm. Already then, before we talk a, a bit about the heat, because um, it, it only makes a bit of sense, I, I did want to bring up something that uh, that peop, that students who go to FIU that don't follow the Miami Heat, who, who don't know you uh, from the heat, there is one thing they do know you from, and it's right before the start of a football, basketball, or baseball game at FIU – there's this health and safety video that pops up on the Jumbotron with none other than Michael Biamonte uh, on it. So talk to us about the origins uh, of that. How, how did that come to fruition? And and I, I, know, I know you've seen it. Just what are your thoughts on, on your acting ability to go ah. along with your uh, announcing ability? So, Jake, that uh, that story is is interesting. So that to run that back before that video came to life, the health and safety PA was something that I pre-recorded. Okay. And so we it would just be played over the PA as a pre-recording uh, before every game. So I didn't have to be there at every I didn't have to read it live. It was pre-recorded. And our game ops producer, Scott Yogodinsky, came up with the idea. Mm. And Scott said, you know what? Well, let's not play this boring audio clip before every game. Hey, Michael B., do you want to come in and be a part of a video? We'd like to make a fun video, but it would be even more fun if you were in it. And so, sure, why not? Let's have some fun with it. And so he put together this video, which you're speaking of now, where we had the cheerleaders were there, Rory was there, I was there. We were doing the most ridiculous things. It's just It just makes you laugh every time you see it. And so he brought me in. He said, here's what, listen, you don't have to do any of it if you don't want to. You can have as much fun as you want. And Jake, as you've seen, and, and guys, have you seen, um, it's pretty hysterical. It is it is a lot of fun. And, <laughs> yeah. and so I laugh at it every time I see it. You know, you can't take yourself too serious. And uh, we're getting across an important message. You know, stop shooting the spitballs, right? That, that Stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. Don't, <laughs> don't, 
don't shoot spitballs onto the floor. So it's uh, it's been fun. We've been we've been talking about do we need to change it? Do we do something different? And Scott's always like, ah, we've got a award winning piece right here, so we'll keep running that. So that's what <laughs> that's what we do. Michael, I do want to ask you the day you read on the paper, watched the local news, and and saw that there was going to be an NBA team here in Miami. You know, what was your immediate reaction, obviously, given that they're going to have to fill out a lot of these positions? Obviously, you were the backup PA when you first started with the organization. So just what was your kind of immediate reaction when you realized, oh, you know, there's there's going to be an NBA team here and they probably need a PA guy? Yep, that's exactly what my thought was, Kevin. And I thought I definitely had the straight-in shot because at the time, FIU was the only place where basketball was being played. The University of Miami had not started their program up again. So it was just FI. I was the only guy announcing any quality basketball in Miami. I figured, okay, I got the resume, so I'm going to apply for the job. So I apply for the job, and I get a letter back. Thank you so much for your inquiry. Uh, we have someone right now uh, for the position, uh, kind of a – Thank you so much. Don't call us. We'll call you if we ever need you. And so um, just to give a little bit more explanation to that, the Heat being an upstart organization, what's very common is people that start working for a team in its first year do more than one job. So that's how they kind of keep costs in line. So the vice president of communications by day was the public address announcer for the Miami Heat on game nights. Mm. So that's how that worked. That was the way that that worked out. So they, you know, they say thanks, but no thanks. And so I announced an FIU, but I got lucky in that a buddy of mine that I graduated from FIU with, who has gone on now, you all may know him as the Spanish radio voice of the Miami Heat. Oh, Jose Pañera, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jose and I graduated from FIU together, and we were friends at FIU. And so he went and took a job with the Heat originally as a ticket salesman. Wow. And he was okay. nice enough to keep chirping my name into the right people's ears and say, hey, listen, I got a guy. I know a guy. He's really good. I know a guy. And one day I had graduated I had gone on to a job in corporate America. I was in the insurance business um, and I got a phone call at my desk and it was somebody who said, hi, this is so-and-so from the Miami Heat. Our announcer is sick. We're wondering if you can announce tonight's game. And so my first thought was, which one of my jerk friends is on the other end of the phone playing a trick on me? (laughs) And then from there, I figured out, well, this is legit. Um, And I said, Sure, I'll be happy to. Um, And it was the Heat playing. It was a regular season game. The Heat played the Seattle Supersonics. Now, that team doesn't exist anymore. They've gone on now to become the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Uh, So I uh, I do the Seattle game, and I get through it. Thought I did okay. And I get a phone call the next day from the Miami Heat asking if I would be interested in being their permanent backup. So I took that gig and backed up the guy who had the the first seat. And um, he eventually left the team to take a job 
with a family business in San Diego, California. And so I re-auditioned and I got the gig and I've held it, held on to it ever since. Next season will be my 33rd with the Miami Heat. So what, what did being a backup kind of entail for you? Did you just have to sit there and just kind of, just in case anything happened, you were you ready to go? Or did you have any other jobs aside from being the backup PA? Yep, that was, uh, you know, your first example, it was it. You know, I did the one game against uh, Seattle that one season and was never called on again. Uh, the next year, they invited me back to do a couple of preseason games just to kind of stay up with the players if they needed me. Uh, but my job was to be on call. Um, and all I asked for was a 24-hour uh, advance because I was working in a job that I was going to have to make time if I needed to do this. So, um, And they didn't need me for that entire season, but it was just kind of to be on call just in case. Okay. Um, yeah, that's how it worked. Um, okay then. So boy, it, 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 it's been a, uh, it's been a while for the, uh, the Miami heat. And I know this is going to be a very, very tough question because you've called over a thousand heat games, but if you were to make a top five in no particular order of your, of the, of your favorite heat games that you've been a part of, what would that list look like? Okay, um, I, I know I can get you to four of those five games. So in no particular order, here they are. <laughs> they would be games three, four, and five of the 2006 NBA Finals. Miami Heat, Dallas Mavericks. Mm -hmm. The Heat are down 0-2 going into game three. And in the third quarter of game three, they're down 13. Now, back then, games three, four, and five were in Miami. Dallas had home court, and the schedule was two, three, two. Two in Dallas, three in Miami, two in Dallas. We're losing two games to none. We're losing in game three by 13 in the third quarter. Timeout heat. Dwayne Wade on the bench says to Pat Riley, the head coach, and to the team, there's no way we're going out like this. And from that moment through game three, four, and five, and game six in Dallas, but for those three home games, he became the greatest player on planet Earth and single-handedly brought the Heat back from an 0-2 deficit to a 3-2 lead and ultimately a 4-2 series win in Dallas. So those three games, watching that guy become the greatest player in the world are games that I'll never forget. The next one that I have to include, and I'm, I'm – Probably won't be able to think of another one other than that. And I'm sure you all know exactly where I'm going. Hmm. It's game six of the 2013 yes. NBA Finals. The Ray Allen shot. Amazing game. Incredible game. Ridiculous shot um, that saved 
that series for us because, as you all remember, the ropes were already out. Yeah, the trophy, the trophy was on its way out, and all I can think of is I'm going to have to PA this trophy thing, and they're going to give it to the other team. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that say, and now, ladies and gentlemen, let's direct our attention to center court where the San Antonio Spurs are going to be, you know, presented with the, you know, the, this trophy. Ugh, who wanted to do that? So the the Ray Allen shot, uh, without question. So those three games, the Ray Allen shot, I think those are the ones that really are at the top of the list for me. Oh, that's a hell of a list. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and take a break. What do you say, Kevin? Let's do it. How about a quick news break? Your one-stop shop for all the latest news for FI Athletics and just FIU in general. So uh, let's start off with men's basketball. Uh, former FIU guard and recent transfer Austin Williams has announced that he is committed to playing for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights this coming season. Williams, who is a grad student, had previously played for both Hartford and Marist before having to sit out all of last season due to injury. Williams himself, by the way, is from New Jersey, which is where Rutgers is based. Now on to football. Uh, FIU tight end Josiah Miaman has recently been added to the John Mackey Award watch list by the uh, John Mackey Award Committee. This makes Miaman one of 48 student-athletes selected to the watch list for the prestigious award, which is presented annually to the most outstanding uh, collegiate tight end. Similarly, FIU defensive tackle Jeremy Passmore was added to the Weirful Trophy watch list, and punter Deton Dayton still don't completely know how to say it. Thanks, Kevin. Montiel was added to the to the uh, Ray Guy Award watch list. Uh, and finally, our very own Jonathan Mayer has announced a few days ago that he is joining the FIU women's soccer program and will be helping out with, quote, content and uh, media relations, end quote. Of course, this comes off the heel of assisting both ESPN and CBS Sports Network broadcasts uh, last year. I primarily for football, I believe. So uh, this comes off. Uh, yeah, FIU women's soccer has recently unveiled their 2023 schedule with their opening match against Alcorn State being on August 18th and their first game back home uh, against Jacksonville set for August 24th. And that was your news break. All righty. That's a good so, news break. Well yeah, done, Jay. Thanks. Oh, yeah. thank you, Michael. That, that, that means a lot coming from, from, from Michael. So uh, uh, b- before we continue on, uh, I, I, I do want to highlight uh, all of the, uh, the charity work that both uh, the Miami Heat and you yourself, uh, Mr. Michael Biamonte, um, that you've uh, done in, in the South Florida community over the span of three de- uh, decades. So, uh, you know, what does it mean to you to give back to the community that you've called home alongside the players, coaches, and the, uh, the rest of the organization? Yeah, you know, Jake, I've been very fortunate to have a career in a great community, a community that's embraced me really at, at every level. You know, my, my younger days at FIU, uh, and then throughout this three-decade career with the, uh, with the Miami Heat, and now back again at FIU with the uh, FIU football gig. And so this is my home. This is where I have lived for um, the majority of my life. And so it only feels right to be able to say thank you to the people who really have embraced me and appreciate who I am and what I do and what I try to do to make 
games exciting and enthusiastic for them that to give back in any way that we can. And with the Miami Heat, we do that in so many different ways with the Miami Heat Charitable Fund. Um, but again, whenever I can uh, lend my voice to different groups and organizations that ask for it, just a way to say thank you to a great community that has been so good to me for so many years. Hmm. Let's talk from a, a side of FIU football. That's coming up very soon. I want to talk about for you, obviously now is the biggest win in FIU football history against the Miami Hurricanes at Loon Depot Park. Talk about that experience to call that game and that atmosphere and just, uh, just yeah, the biggest win for FIU. That game, Johnny, was, I mean, nobody saw that coming at all. I mean, we're just, we're going there and it's a, a huge venue for us. It's something new. It's something a little unusual. You know, that's it. We're playing Miami. Uh, that's great. You know, we just hope it doesn't get out of hand. And uh, and before you know it, it gets out of hand in our direction. I mean, it was, you're saying, you t- let me pinch myself. Am I, am I watching us stop Miami on a goal line stand at the one yard line where, you know, one of our linebackers is taking down their running back who's got a full head of steam and our guy just wanted to make that tackle more. And it was, it was an unbelievable night. It, it probably, I did a few of T.Y. Hilton's games, which yeah. in and of themselves could be exciting just because he's on the field. But without a doubt, biggest win, not only in the, in the team's history, might have been one of the biggest wins ever in FIU sports history. No doubt. Short of, it. you know, maybe winning national championships, um, perhaps in soccer, but I don't think so because you're playing equal talent there. You know, you're playing, you're, you're playing UM. I mean, come on, this is UM. And we just beat them in football. Wow. Not in every sport. And that was absolutely insane. And by the way, uh, Kevin, Johnny, I was there. I was there. <laughs> I second that. I was up I to like the 300 it. level. And all the Miami fans left. I'm yeah. there with my FIU gear. That was one hell of a Great day. day. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's start to wrap up a bit. Let's, let's, let's finish up with some. Fun rapid fire questions that uh, we, we we thought of. Uh, so uh, this one was is for me. If you could call a Miami Heat game in any other arena in the NBA besides the Triple A, I mean FTA, uh, uh, Kaseya Center, Miami, Hi, Kaseya Center. Yeah, <laughs> it changed you, names a lot. So it, all Center. of a sudden, yeah. So if you could call a Heat game in any other arena in the country, which one would it be? Oh boy. Um... It would probably be, and I don't know what they're calling it these days, but probably Staples Center in L.A. Mm. Uh, crypto. What is it? The Crypto.com Arena? Is that it? Yeah, crypto, okay. Uh, probably probably so. Now, the, I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, obviously, big-time big time joint with a big-time game uh, team. But it would also be fun to do that because Lawrence Tanter – who was the longtime PA guy for the LA Lakers, his style couldn't be any more opposite of mine. Right. He's a deadpan guy for both teams. And so it would be interesting to do a game there just to see how the crowd would react to a, a nut job like me getting everybody fired up when the home team scores yeah. a basket, you know? I do want to ask you, Mike, out of all the Miami Heat jerseys you've seen, you know, you, you've been here for a very long time. Which yep. is the best jersey you have ever seen the Miami Heat wear? 
Oh, the best jersey I've ever seen us wear is got to be Original Vice. I mm-hmm. love Original Vice. The the white one, right? The white one. Yes, yes. Okay. The Original Vice. The first year we came out with it, the white with the Vice colors on it. I mean, that thing is beautiful. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll ask you a hard one now, uh, Mike. Okay. Do you remember the starting five for your very first FIU PA game? Do you remember that? Ooh. Uh, oof. Or go team. Let's do team. How about team? So I, I remember some of the guys that I back there my freshman year, Patrick McDonald, uh, two kids that played out of uh, Miami Palmetto High School. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't, man, you're taking me back. Over, <laughs> what's over the team? Four. What's the team? You remember they, the team? Yeah. Well, it was the FIU Sunblazers back then. Sunblazers. Yeah. Who were they playing? Oh my, the very first game I ever did, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. All right. I have no idea. Um, Bobby... Oh, it was Bobby somebody or other was a point guard. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you, you, you got one player down, all right? One yeah. for five. That ain't bad, okay? Uh, so I I know you're going to have a busy couple of days ahead of, ahead of you as as uh, Dwayne Wade will be inducted into the, uh, the, Na- the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, in your opinion, who should be the next Heat legend after Wade to be inducted into that Hall of Fame? Well, we've got whew, the Heat's got a quite a few. I I would have to wonder, although he's Udonis. No, I don't think Bosch? so. Bosch is already in. He's, he's already, already, in. He's already in. I'm. I'm this is already in. I I would wonder about Glenn Rice. Mm, yeah, that's a hell of a pick. I would wonder about Glenn Rice. Um, because the big throw, obviously LeBron's not eligible yet, but Chris is in. Dwayne will be in Saturday. Alonzo, uh, Tim Hardaway. Uh, you're talking about players that played for us. Gary Payton, um, yeah. Bob McAdoo, Pat Riley. Yeah. Um, again, for uh, Shaq, obviously. Um, yeah. I, I would I would be curious about Glenn. Um, and then... Going forward, oh, <laughs> yeah, because Udonis was more of a Miami, you know, type of yeah, player. yeah. not a you know, Hall of Fame, he'll, you know, he's gonna know. get his number retired, yes, correct. Yeah, that, yes. he'll, he'll be in the rafters, yeah, um, he'll be in the rafters. I don't know if he'll be in the hall, he'll be in the Miami, the 305. Yeah, there we hall go, mm-hmm. he's definitely, in, he's definitely in the 305 Hall of Fame, absolutely. Um, and and I at this point. I don't know who – I mean, I don't know that – I think Jimmy's going to have to win some championships mm-hmm. to even give some thought to that. Yeah. Um, he built a case, though, I think, this season, though. He built a, ca- a real case. He, he built a case, yeah. He has he been – he's been incredible. You think about mm-hmm. his career here in Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, folks, we've been to the finals. Twice. With this guy twice, we've been to the Eastern Conference Finals three times. Yeah, and the and the one year we didn't advance in the playoffs was the year after the bubble, mm-hmm. where nobody who advanced 
far in the bubble did anything the following year. So that was a weird year. <laughs> uh, Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, again, thank, thank you so much for joining us. It's been super fun. And uh, want to give a big shout out as well, again, to FIU football and FI athletics for letting us drop that trailer at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Michael, do you have anything else uh, maybe you'd like to say to the to the fans, to the FIU and Miami fans, anything like that? Sure. I just uh, to our fans at, uh, at FIU. Hey, listen, pause up. I'm excited about this football season coming up. Uh, Coach Max got everything working in the right direction. Come on out and watch the team. I promise you I'm going to make it a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be enthusiastic, and we're going to have a great time. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe to the Pause Up podcast (laughs) and watch these guys and follow them everywhere they go. Jake, Kevin, and Johnny doing a great job of all things FIU. Pause up, and let's go Panthers. Pause up, like the man said. Pause up.